Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in. It's the Lil Piddle Show. On 101 ESPN, Lil Pompadour. I run point for Lil Piddles and just let him go. Lil Piddles, what do you got for the people today? Boy, it's things to lose two or three of the Cubs. Really? Well, I'm kind of surprised you're not talking about Pilo? The, the association. Pilo going one to Orlando? No. You can go to my Twitter if you want some takes on that. But uh, on these airways, I'll be talking about the Redbirds. Oh, Okay. Not beating the Cubs, and I mean, we were talking about Sunday there would be a chance for a sweep, and that was not the case, Tim. It was uh, unfortunate. Flaherty left the game early. The passion in your voice with these takes right now. I mean, it's just is, it's disappointing, but it's is June. Scorching. It's June, so there's no reason to, you know, abandon ship by any means. But not something you want to see when the the Cubs from the North Side come down to St. Louis. You want you won't get, take two or three against them. These are the teams you're going to need to beat if you're going to play in October. Nice. Can't be lo- losing nice to the Cubs. Takes. These are nice. Can't be losing to the These Cubs. These are the kind of takes that get you one hour in the midday. <laughs> Resume reel, here we come. All right, I'm taking over the Little Piddle show. If that's, if that's what Little Piddles has today. How was your personal appearance? You got to see the people. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Jackson appeared. Uh, where'd you appear? Tell the people where they could have seen you. I was at the now he'll fe- be appearing via hologram at Coachella. Yes. Uh, yeah. Next stop is Coachella. Uh, I was at the Federated All Parts Raceway. It was the Firecracker Face Off first one. It was great. It's great to see people hang out for a little bit. It's cool track, big track, and they were like starting up the race. They were like getting the track moving, and it was just cool to see going fast. Man, got to meet a really cool racer there, Gordy. The G-Man, big blues fan, so shout out to him. He was really nice to me, so all went well. Yeah, did the people come? People came. Nice. People came. They weren't as interested in me, but they were happy to have a chance to win some Cardinal tickets and get some free 101 ESPN swag. Nice. That was for sure. I was like, hey, have you heard the Little Piddle show recently? <laughs> and they said, hey, Buster, get out of the way. I need to get this T-shirt. That's about what I would have expected. About <laughs> the Little Piddle show. Just let it let it start spreading throughout the St. Louis metropolitan area. Uh, welcome to the winter of our discontent, as Stan Kroenke has now won the Stanley Cup, um, cutting his swath through St. Louis. Uh, he's won the Lombardi Trophy. And maybe the thing that might mean the most to him, honestly, is the settlement, uh, being dead serious about it. I know that might sound crazy, but uh, because that might have saved his estate. Uh, and then on top of it, he's somehow going to get the, the the owners to pay for most of it. So yeah. uh, dead serious. If I were to ask you what I think uh, Stan Kroenke's biggest uh, win was so far in the last nine months, it might have been the settlement in St. Louis. But he's got a Lombardi trophy now and a Stanley Cup. But now some Kadri also uh, now has the chalice. That was fun to watch him skate around with that in Tampa last night. Uh, here is what he had to say uh, following the uh, the victory for the Colorado Avalanche. And, uh, you know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> Wonderful. Welcome to the winter of our discontent. Yeah, I mean, we are down, down, down over here. 
The Cardinals had a 5-0 lead on the Cubs. Very popular in the Air Comfort Service text line pitcher Jack Flaherty was the starter. He exited. The Cardinal 5-run lead also exited. Whitgren. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to tell stories of my famous favorite St. Louis Steamers memories from the early 1980s. Carl Rose, Don Ebert, Tony Bellinger, Steve Petcher, Slobo. That's what I've got here on the winter of our discontent. In reality, um, it is uh, it, 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 Stan Kroenke owns us. Yeah, he's got us by the he tail. He has the Rams. He has the Avalanche. He has Arsenal. He has land. He has the people he kicks off his land, and he now has St. Louis. He's left here, but he owns us. His team beat the Blues. He won the Super Bowl in Los Angeles in his own building. Um, what a month and a half after settling and then also saying he's not going to pay it and the other owners have to and they just kind of went along with it because they were scared to death what would happen if this thing actually went to court and they were all implicated yeah yeah and then uh, the the avalanche win with what 5.6 seconds left in st louis to advance the, the western conference finals yep that's what we got Mm, boy yeah he's got us by the tail and it's and the whole t- he's, it's like just like another little checklist off his box he's like okay i won the stanley cup and, and the the thing is the fact that he probably thinks so little about st louis and we think so much is probably another thing that is upsetting i would imagine there is an incredible amount of satisfaction with what has transpired but like i said if 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 you could line up what he had to choose from Super Bowl, Stanley Cup, or getting out of that lawsuit as it was progressing in November, I really do think, and I could be off on this, and I know it might sound crazy, but I really think he would choose the settlement as his biggest Mm. win, especially in that he wound up not having to pay all of it. I would say I would agree if the Super Bowl was not at SoFi Stadium. The Super Bowl being at SoFi and him showing it off to the world and then winning it with his team is like the biggest it's like pimping a home run. Like, he really, he got that one. Uh, Tim, it feels like sports have been throwing Jordan Hicks fastballs at me for the last eight months. It's from the 636. Uh, we are in a sports nightmare right now. And uh, Freddie is pouring our Budweiser down the drain. That's from the 636. Uh, this is supposed to be a St. Louis sports show. You guys are trash. That's from the 314. Leader in the clubhouse. We got some tickets to give away today. That's right. So, I mean, I think we already have our it's the scores into the clubhouse. Uh, yeah, posted early. We have your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts on July 5th at Bush Stadium. Tickets are on sale now for Motley Crue and Def Leppard. Coming this summer to Bush Stadium, you can also find a bonus chance to win free tickets now at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN mobile app. And so what are we doing, Jackson? You are choosing... A text of the day to give away to win the tickets to the show. That is correct. Why did I break into Bill Cosby? I don't know. You're just missing the sweater. <laughs> uh, guy Slobo came to our sixth grade picnic, and I got in a pick with him that made the West County Journal. That was positive. Thanks. <laughs> That's a great text. I think he might be going to see Vince Neal, Mick <laughs> Mars, Tommy Lee, and Nikki Six. What's the West County Journal? 
Well, Jackson, let me take you back a couple decades, and there were the Suburban Journal's papers. Mm -hmm. And as a South City resident, we had the South City Journal. Oh, okay. Got our updates on St. Mary's program, DeBerg, Mm -hmm. DB Proud. Right. And uh, and this gentleman uh, was raised with disposable income like yourself, and he got the West County Journal. Okay, fair enough. That's probably what I would have. No, we'll do news, something like that. This is really the trash show with Lil Piddles and the douche. That's yeah, that's about right. The trash show. Guys, Marmola's trash. You all do a fine job. That's from the three one four. That's nice. Marmola's trash, but we do a fine job. The Rams winning the Super Bowl and then the Avs winning the Stanley Cup. I know what Yachty felt like getting hit in the balls with Hicks's fastball. Thanks. That's from the three one four. Yeah, seriously, it couldn't have gone worse. Like twenty twenty two is and you're talking sports, has gotten off to a rough start. Not not ideal for either the Stanley Cup winner or the Super Bowl winner. Legitimately, one of the worst days in St. Louis sports yesterday. Yeah. With the Cardinals having a five-run lead on the Cubs, losing it. Now, I think at this point, and even before yesterday's start, most people are going... Maybe someday Jack Flaherty will get it back. I personally, am, I wouldn't buy that stock, but to each their own. Uh, I don't think many people were thinking it was coming back at this point in 2022, going into yesterday's start, and then he leaves the game with a dead arm. Uh, and that's just, I mean, you know, see, uh, I think it was Benjamin Hockman who wrote about it this morning in the Post-Dispatch. I know I read a column, pretty sure it's Hockman, uh, that the Cardinals are in a spot now that they have to do something. They have to do something with regards to the starting rotation. And, and then this, I saw John Mazalek saying that Paul DeYoung's been Wally pipped at shortstop, so he's yeah, not going to get called that. up. Yeah, he's not going to get called up. And, and the reason I bring that up is you, you, can't, you can't just wait and see what happens. You're in a spot where you do have to win games now. They, they sacrificed games in the early part of the year. I do understand it. I think they waited a little too long, and then they were forced by injury to do it. But is the Cardinal offense and the Cardinal middle infield situation better with what they have now, mm-hmm. the Donovan, Edmund, Gorman uh, mix that they have in the middle infield, but then when they had DeYoung in there, the answer is yes. It was something that people were discussing at the time. It was a contract situation. This is not really eye-opening, but my premise on it is you can't just wait until whenever and be sacrificing games because they sacrifice games in the first six weeks of the season, first five, six weeks of the season. And they are most likely going to be in a race uh, with the Brewers that will come down to the final couple weeks of the season. So these games that they lost in the first five, six weeks of the season will have an impact just like if they are thin at the rotation, and they are, because Flaherty is most likely, I would imagine, I'd be very surprised if you see Jack Flaherty effective in 2022. I realize it's not a cutting-edge opinion. You could have made that opinion yesterday after leaving with a dead arm yesterday. Now it's even more so. And Jack Flaherty, with it was the thing I kept harping on at the time. I'm just like, wow, he's got a slap tear in his throwing arm, and he's going to pitch? Okay. Right. It's just not the way it works. I mean, you, you can, but you're not going to be the same yeah, guy. Not, yeah, and, and, and it lingers, too. The, like, you can get over the so shoulder. So even if you get a surgery on it, you're it's not like you come back and you're fine. It's not a Tommy John situation. Right. So that's a, that's a big, big picture for Jack Flaherty. Right. Uh, as far as the Cardinal baseball season goes, this is an issue. It was an issue beforehand. Steven Matz, it's like, well, Steven Matz comes back. It's not like he's killing it. No. 
So the, as Hockman laid out in his column this morning, hey, this is it. I mean, yeah, I don't know when Yadier Molina, Yadier Molina went back to Puerto Rico to rest his knee. Yeah. So he's he's not coming back anytime soon. It's not like Pujols is doing a whole lot. You don't know what Wainwright's situation is going to be. The DH so this is, is it. where it is. It's weird spot with the DH and when oh. Dickerson, yeah, you know. So they got to do something, um, and there is a little more urgency now after Flaherty leaving the game yesterday with a dead arm. But I think there was urgency beforehand. Six five seven eight zero. You have two guys who are having ridiculous seasons, Goldschmidt and Arnato, and then you also have the situation now with uh, the, the the potential of all three being done. This is the time for the Cardinals to act, and there are some pieces out there. If you would want to go that direction now, but the thing is, and this is the thing I keep going back to with the trading, is I would imagine it's not like Oakland with Montez or Washington or take your pick of whomever is out of it that would be trading. I don't know if they necessarily, unless the Cardinals blow them away, are going to just take something when you're more than a month away from the deadline when you have both the Yankees and the Mets in the mix. What what incentive do you have to to move now? Right. If you are those, if you are the seller, mm-hmm. and so the Cardinals are in a spot here, and you know the, the one thing that you can hold on to, to again cuts both ways. I find it to be relatively boring because they play these teams a bunch, but the Cardinals have the easiest schedule in baseball left. So, oh really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's something. If I had to guess, who is the second easiest schedule left? I would imagine I could nail it down. Yeah. <laughs> and then the problem is, assuming we're all on the same page that it's the Brewers, uh, that's the team the Cardinals are competing with. Yep. So you can't just take yep. and, and ride with this thing. And not that many Brewers games left, considering. They only relatively. have, I think, seven games left the Brewers okay. left. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. Air Comfort Service text inbox 65780. 65, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. The show is called Balloon Party, and it's on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Doing business as Lil Piddle Show. I kind of like the little pompadour. Do you feel like you have a pompadour? Not, not like a full pompadour, but it's it's got pompadour qualities. Little Pompadour show here on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. That is Little Pompadour. His name is Jackson Burkett. Uh, you are competing today by texting in 65780 uh, for uh, tickets to, pair of tickets to see Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts on July 5th at Bush Stadium. Tickets are now on sale for Motley Crue and Def Leppard coming this summer to Bush Stadium. You can also find a bonus chance to win free tickets now at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN mobile app. Jackson, rank those uh, acts, if you would. Uh, one, I'll go Motley Crue. Okay. Two, I'll go Joan Jett. Wow. And three, I'll go Def Leppard. And you just are not on board with Brett Michaels, Ricky Rocket, CC Deville, and Bobby Dahl. They're four. Others receiving votes. Yeah, OTR, OTV. <sighs> yeah, that's I, and. I want it known out there because honesty and media. Right. I've heard like maybe a song a piece from each of those acts. I, uh, but you I, as all, someone. All due respect to Joan Jett, I'm going to go four there. Okay. 
Uh, and I, so that's that's my solid four. And then I feel like we can have a really really neat debate. Really neat on uh, one, two, and three. Can you go Def Leppard one? Sure. Can you go Poison one? I think you can. Can you go Motley Crue one? Yeah, and I think I will. Okay. So now it's just a matter of Poison or Def Leppard. And I think I'll probably receive uh, more personal attacks on doing this, but for whatever reason. Um, maybe it was the look what the cat dragged in album cover, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I'm going to go Poison two, Def Leppard three, and then Joan Jet four. Uh, there is my rankings. All right, of fair the enough. Musical acts for the tickets we were giving away. Fair uh, Six five seven eight zero is how you can text into said radio presentation. How how's the competency, Jackson? <laughs> Just tell. I want to let the people know that if you want to communicate with Jackson, his eyes are nowhere but the air comfort service. Text line. So he, you are in his kitchen at the moment. Well, I mean, I'll, I, you can, I would understand the attacks. A lot on of my... stumbling around <laughs> here, like a KOMU weekend newscast. Uh, I would understand someone being critical of my list because, born in 1998, a lot of these artists had their primes before I was born. So. But I mean, I can talk about the Beatles and Rolling Stones, and I, you know, they were they were pretty much wrapping things up or done in the case of the Beatles when I was born. You know, sure. So Sure. And I think a lot of people have compared Poison to the Beatles. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. I'm just going to. I was just reading this text. Uh, someone said that I I sound like I sell life insurance at nursing homes, and I would scam <laughs> all the elderly people out of their life savings. I think that's the leader in the clubhouse. That's absolutely the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, there is no place in the Cardinals for Paul DeYoung. You may have to eat some of the salary, but trade him for some pitching. Uh, that's from the 901. That's yeah, I think the, I think the stock there was pretty low. Right. Here's here uh, just taking a step back on the Paul DeYoung thing, which was a super hot topic at one point, and now it's like, oh yeah, remember him? Um, if indeed the Paul DeYoung discussion was, and I it, and like I said, I've had multiple people say that this was a uh, a hot topic between the Cardinals and Mike Schilt at the end of last year, mm-hmm. post-Chris Taylor going yard in the one-game playoff. Uh, wow, what a situation. I guess Mike Schilt can say, well, how'd that work out for you? You know, that's that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, he's a, that's where you are. Yeah. Um, so at this point, though, the Cardinals are in a spot where you, you I, I just if they don't do anything substantial between now and the trade deadline i i don't know i'll i'll be i don't i wouldn't be in the camp of they don't spend money i would be in the camp of i guess they're just kind of this is what they are and this is who it's going to be going forward because if you're not going to try to do it in a year where there's only one other team in the division competing and you have three surefire cardinal hall of famers and two baseball hall of famers wrapping up their careers, uh, or at the very least, possibly, with the case of Wainwright, I don't know when they ever will. Right. It's not like you're going, oh, well, you know, they're they're not going to win the division. They're in the mix with five other teams for one wild card spot. They're in. This is the year to do it. Yeah, division's there. And they have guys firing on all cylinders offensively. Right. One, you know, would be a favorite to win the MVP, and another one's in the mix. So... You know, but again, the, the thing is, sitting here and complaining about it at this particular moment, when you observe that the Yankees and the Mets are at the top of their divisions and they're going to be active, if you're the A's, Nationals, Diamondbacks, whoever you want to pick, 
that's going to be a trading partner, I know they're not going to be going, oh, good, we'll just trade now here on June 27th. It would yeah. be irresponsible for them to do that. At the same time, they traded Nolan Arenado and paid his salary. So, you know, <laughs> right. the, Rocky, the Rockies are willing to do weird things, so you never know with that. Uh, Tim, here's the rankings. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. Action, I doubt any of these guys played in the Hamptons, so we have low expectations here, knowledge of these bands. Right. All I know is Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi plays in the Hamptons? He's got a place out there. He plays in his backyard. He invites us over. Uh, guys, please tell it like it is. Moe and Gersh laid a giant turf. I think that might have been an autocorrect. Tuffed. With their offseason pitching, quote-unquote, upgrades. And now we are song? Now we are living with their incompetence. Enjoy the Wayno Yachty, Pujol, Swan song. That's from the 636. Well... Uh, I don't, I, I don't know really what I would disagree with. I, I would take a step back and go, I was really surprised by the lack of activity this off season. Mm-hmm. That's what I will yeah. say. So the only thing that I can theorize is they were saying, let's see what happens with the young. And if it doesn't happen, then we can make the move with Edmund Gorman, assuming that that's tracking in the right direction for Gorman early on in the season. I doubt they expected this. And then maybe Sosa, and then that will allow us to be aggressive at the trade deadline. But I feel like I've said this so many times that I, I feel like a fool. It's the boy who yeah. cried wolf that, yeah. that, I, that I would buy in. But it is the last year, and that's why I, I'm of the opinion that there is, you know, 33 days here to see what winds up happening on the whole thing. Uh, Mad Bum and Kennedy are the way to go for the Cardinals if they are seriously trying to improve this season. Mad Bum with this defense, let's go. Jackson, Madison Bumgarner, does he excite you? Well, he's had a off and on year. Of course, I have him on my fantasy team, which is on a six-game winning streak. The sauce um, bosses. The sauce bosses. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> sauce bosses are red hot. But he's kind of the black sheep of our rotation. Tells you a lot about the rotation. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, ground ball pitcher, so good defense could mean something. But just getting another starting pitcher in there that isn't a bullpen arm both improves the bullpen and the rotation, so I'm not against it at all, mad bum or not. Bumgarner had St. Louis as one of his cities he wouldn't go and play in a couple of years ago on his non-trade list. There's no trade list. Yeah. I don't know if that would change now. That surprised me. That me too, because he feels like he'd be perfect for St. Right. Louis. I mean, I don't know what that's about. Right, like Granky not having it on there kind of made sense with his whole thing. But, but he pitched in Kansas City. I, I don't know. Right, well, he's bananas, but... Uh, Bumgarner seems like he'd fit perfectly here in St. Louis. He kind of reminds me of uh, John Lackey, little Lance Lynn in him, kind of just uh, he's got some fire behind him. I think he'd play well here. Jackson, I saw you at the racetrack on Friday, and with your hair, you look like you would have been born in the 17th century with a powdered wig. Thanks to the 636, <laughs> and a new leader has just posted a score. It was kind of warm out, so there was just a little sweat coming down, and I'm sure that... I would have loved to have seen you at the racetrack wearing a powdered wig. (laughs) That would be great, and the robes, too. Tim, do you think Yachty could retire midseason? I know he's banged up, but something seems odd, uh, how he's always down in Puerto Rico. I got to tell you, I'm a little... That stood out to me uh, as well. Now, not that I'm saying it means what you're saying. I don't think that he would retire in the middle of the season, but that that stood out to me. He's resting his yeah, knee. I don't get it in either. Puerto Rico. Okay, I all right. I guess he's earned it, and you know, just relax and maybe I I don't know. My whole thing for this year for trying to get uh, one of my sons, our four year old son, to a baseball game has been I want to go when it's 
Wainwright pitching, Molina catching, and Pools in the lineup. But you have to like line up a clips. variety of things here. There's probably, God, I don't know, at the most, 10 Wainwright home starts left. If that, yeah. And then that means I need Molina catching one of those, and then I mean need should need, anyway, a left-handed starter for the opposition. I mean, I might be looking at, you know, yeah. maybe two of those in between now and the end of the season. But it might be like a September So I might just game. have to settle for tomorrow night against the Marlins. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a Jim Dandy. You think it is? Yeah, um, yeah I, it might be a September start if Yadi takes his time, but that'd be great. I like a September baseball game, especially a day game. Guys, there's more than one need for a starter. Hudson can't find the strike zones all over the place. You don't know how Mats will come back. Wayno has been roughed up. The only one that's solid is Miles. We need more trustworthy starters. That's from the 618. Uh, Dak, I, I, I'm more optimistic on than the rest of the rotation outside of Michaelis and Wayno. Uh, but I understand the... Matt's thing. I think I don't know what we're going to see from Matt's when he returns. We don't know. It's interesting. Last night I was reading a story really critical of an organization and its commitment to spending money mm-hmm. and its commitment to modernizing the game presentation. And I think you could make a case that they have had the second or third best run in baseball since the turn of the century. Mm. I'll tell you who it was. This guy. Yeah, now I'm getting better at teasing. This guy. It's exciting. This it's guy. exciting to watch my development after 20 years. Uh, and what the criticism was, and if any of it reminds you of the Cardinals. Mm. That's coming up next here on the Lil Piddle Show, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Is that like a performance? That, yeah, did you like I it? I felt like that was a performance. Did you like it? That was a, that was a real dramatic pause. Now, I noticed it, and I was like, oh, I got I to gotta step in again. And then I was like, oh, no, he's doing a performance. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Your thoughts on Jackson's performance, 65780. Be, be gentle. Line. Uh, 1037 is the time here in the St. Louis metropolitan area. That time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. This program is called Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. All right, I'm getting better at teasing. It's something that I know is critical in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this article last night before uh, going to bed. And it was written by Andrew Bagley of The Athletic. And the title of it is, The Giants Have a Loyal Fan Base. Are They Trying Hard Enough to Grow It? And it details the Giants and the mess that was their weekend against uh, one of our friends from the National League Central, the Cincinnati Reds. The Giants played a dreadful weekend of baseball against a dreadful team. They made their fans search for reasons to cheer. And Anthony Desclafini got picked apart after misfortune extended what turned into a seven-run soaking in the third inning. And yet there was a smattering of polite applause from the fans above the Giants' dugout as Desclafini handed over, handed over the baseball and walked off the field. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> Certainly. There was more than a smattering of fans who stayed to watch the final obligatory innings, too. Those fans remained engaged and expressed hoarse-voiced enthusiasm when the Giants pushed across a perfunctory run or two at the end of a 10-3 loss to the Reds on Sunday. 
It isn't this way everywhere in the major leagues. The Giants have a core of loyal and supportive fans who would be the envy of two dozen major league teams. After a weekend like this, you wonder if the organization has taken them for granted. You wonder if the Giants have allowed themselves to get stale. The Giants have their greatest hold on the baseball marketplace in the Bay Area in more than 50 years now that the A's have essentially given up trying to attract fans. The Giants still play in one of the most picturesque ballparks in the league. They're coming off a franchise record 107-win season, and their investors are sitting on an enterprise worth upward of $4 billion. These are all healthy indicators. But last year's historic season and the easing of the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions has not resulted in the return of sellout crowds. The Giants are averaging home crowds of 30,970, which is 11th in the major leagues and a dip from 33,429 in the pre-pandemic year of 2019. Their average crowd size has slipped every year from 2015 to 2019. And the Giants are drawing fewer fans this year. The Giants still have a core of unwavering fans, but what about everybody else? Is the organization doing enough to attract them, inspire them, and entertain them? And I present this column because I would imagine, most of you are clued in on where I'm coming from, that I would bet there are a lot of people in St. Louis who are listening to that and going, oh, that kind of sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Team hasn't really been a great team for a while. Now, 2019, they were one of the final four teams. Do I think they were one of the four best teams in baseball in 2019? I do not, but they were one of the final four teams. Uh, And uh, it has been blasé, even though winning records, but blasé. And as the author on this article on the Giants points out, most teams would trade with Cardinals or Giants fans in a heartbeat. Most, not all. Sure, Red Sox fans have enjoyed their last 22 years, even though there have been some down years. Certainly Dodgers fans have enjoyed their last 22 years, uh, even though the start to the decade wasn't necessarily great. The last 12 have been pretty damn good and included a world championship, although plenty of postseason heartbreak. Uh, Yankees haven't had a great run, Uh, haven't had a world championship since 2009, although they are trending in, in this particular season. Point being... Uh, Cardinals fans and Giants fans, I think, have some similarities. And then you sit back and you go, okay, are these loyal fan bases that have had success, albeit not necessarily recent, are they taken for granted? Because mm. I keep, to me, what I know gets people going. You kind of know the things that can get people going, especially if you do this stuff for a living. You know you know the thing. I know something I could say, it'll get people going. But I think it's disingenuous. And one of the things you can get people going with in St. Louis is that Bill DeWitt doesn't spend money, which I would actually tell you is just it, it, it's, it's mathematically inaccurate, especially when you compare – if you, you cannot compare San Francisco market size and St. Louis market size. They're two different worlds. Right. But what you can say is spending money wisely and getting in a spot where a team is competitive and is in the mix for a division title and then – shows the fan base that they are committed and not taking them for granted. And that is why, even though it's not like the St. Louis Blues have the highest payroll, there is a sense that the Blues are going for it. And in St. Louis, and if we're talking about other baseball markets, San Francisco, I would tell you, I don't know how you would rank the success of the Giants, Cardinals, and Dodgers in in the 2000s, in the 21st century, but they're they're all right there. Just to take your pick of whatever direction you want to go, that there are some similarities there. Both the Cardinals and Giants were killing it for a period of time, and mm-hmm. the Giants also had a World Series appearance in, in 2002, and they were on the precipice of winning it in 2002, and then Scott Spezio happened. 
Uh, but the Cardinals have had this run going, but it really, you know, yeah, they've been winning, but there really hasn't been a great team. And take your pick where you'd want to go back to. I would imagine most people would, would either count 2019 or they'd go to 2015. And it's just kind of been back and forth. But the, the making can be there this year in part circumstantially. And so I think something that would inject the fan base with enthusiasm, but maybe even more important, belief in the organization's commitment to winning is a move of substance in 2022 and between now and the end of the year. Now, the Giants are in a different spot than the Cardinals. Everybody is in a different spot than the Cardinals and Brewers because the Cardinals and Brewers going into the season knew who they were competing with. Uh, This is kind of Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, two-team league kind of. You know know the situation. Um, The Giants are above 500, but they're in a division with two other teams who are, you know, legitimate operations and I think have their eyes on the World Series. The Cardinals uh, have a record that is more comparable to the Giants than the Dodgers, but the Cardinals are one game back of the Brewers. Point being, I think the reason for whether you want to call it a lack of interest or a growing amount of frustration toward the Cardinals is what I read from The Athletic with regards to the Giants and their fan base, and that is questioning whether or not the organization is taking the loyalty for granted, and that irritates people. Yeah, If your emotion is not reciprocated by whoever it is, it can be a, a, it can be your, your place of business, it can be your significant other it can be your sports franchise if you don't feel like that's being reciprocated you start to look around Mm -hmm. and so with that said i think some people here and now including the bay area so it's not just limited to you know the midwest talking about a world-class city uh at least it was in san francisco and now you have the same kind of seeing people getting a little disinterested Mm -hmm. um and so with that said I think that's why the next X amount of days, 33 days or so, between now and the trade deadline are a critical moment for this franchise. Not just the commitment to closing the chapter on Wainwright Pools and Molina, but then also, hey, that chapter is coming to an end in the next three months. Whether one likes it or not, it is coming to an end. So what will the next chapter be? Yeah, I, I kind of feel from a Cardinals front office perspective that they're they wait until they know they have the opportunity. Like kind of like in poker, like they only play the best hands. They only play the great hands. They got their Arenado deal, they got the Goldschmidt deal, which were great deals, and especially the Arenado one was great for St. Louis. But I think it would do a lot for the fans and the disconnect that's kind of there that's might be bigger or smaller than we think. Would be just being aggressive, just like taking a shot on somebody. Or, this or, is the year to do it. Right, exactly. That's the thing. I, I listen, the, the the counter to what I'm talking about is in 2016 they weren't Yeah, they were in the mix. They absolutely were in the mix. They were in 2017. They were in 2018. But they also were kind of borderline. Mm -hmm. And so they were in a tough spot. Playing devil's advocate, they were in a tough spot. 2020 is what 2020 was. Just write that one off. Mm -hmm. And 2021 was, you know, the the record will never show it. If you just looked at records, you go, oh, they had a pretty good year. But they didn't. They Mm -hmm. had a really good three weeks. They had a historic three weeks. And that three weeks happened well after the trade deadline. Differing set of circumstances. This one, the perfect storm to be aggressive. The absolute perfect storm. Because it would take a small miracle, and it would be really bad, 
if they did not make the playoffs. Yeah. Winning the Central, to me, is a coin flip. Not making the playoffs is considering their division and who they get to play and that they have the easiest schedule, uh, and they'll be playing a lot of those teams after the All-Star break, that this is, you know, this is most likely a team that's going to win in the high 80s, and that's probably going to get you into this expanded playoff field. Now, that doesn't mean that's going to get you into the NLCS, but it's probably going to get you in the expanded playoff field. And when you have Aradona and you have Goldschmidt and you have these final years, this is the time to do it. Now, if they're viewing it through the prism of we are well more than one starter away from being where we need to be, then that's a different conversation. But from my standpoint, the opportunity is there. And on top of it, I think there is a, a growing chasm between the fan base and the organization. And in part, it's taken because they feel like they are taken for granted. Your thoughts, 65780. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Back final segment of Balloon Party, also known as the Lil Pompadour Show. Uh, giving away tickets here for Miley Crew, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, July 5th at Bush Stadium. You can also find bonus chance to win free tickets now at 101ESPN.com or the 101ESPN mobile app. Uh, Jackson, uh, you have selected our winner? Yeah, I got, I'm going to let this dramatic music play a little bit. Well, Imagine the, the Lil Pompadour Show. The camera goes to Tim, then to me, then to me. Sweat on the brow. It's Kevin in Collinsville. Kevin in Collinsville, and what did he write in? Uh, he was the one who penned the text saying, Jackson sounds like he could sell life insurance at nursing homes, and he would scam all the elderly people out of their life savings. So he has got a pair of tickets. Congratulations, Kevin in Collinsville. You are going to Bush Stadium next week for the festivities. Uh, horrifying for Missouri fans as the sports information director's poll in the Birmingham News, uh, something they've been doing for 76 years. I don't know. There were sports information directors for 76 years. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, they have come out with their rankings in the SEC East and overall in the SEC, and Missouri is picked 13th of the 14 teams in the SEC and uh, also in the SEC East, they are only beating out one team, and that is Vanderbilt. Jackson, thoughts? I'm, I don't know what they're seeing, but I'm seeing a lot of good stuff coming out of Columbia. All right, who's the quarterback? Jack Abrams? Grad guy from this state? I don't know. Yeah, he. we got that. The quarterback is obviously the biggest problem. Well, it's an important position, isn't it, Peter? Uh, debatable. I mean... Somewhat, yeah. And the backups are, I'm not high on Brady Cook. Tyler Macon had some moments, but his arm is questionable. And then uh, you lose Beatty. Now, it could be that Drink has a really good run scheme because Larry Roundtree was really successful and Tyler Beatty was really successful. So maybe he's got a good run scheme. Uh, we'll see this year because they don't have those two who both play in the NFL now. So, you know, who knows? But they had a really good recruiting class, so maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's a year or two. You and I are in agreement that we'd like to see Drink get a long, a, enough chance to show what he's got because the last thing you want to do is him move on somewhere else and be really successful. So what I would say, I would say this, uh, even if Missouri were picked to win the SEC East or finish second in the SEC East, dead serious. It's the same thing that I think I may have said last week when it comes to people evaluating college football teams before they play games. And I'm talking about games against people other than Louisiana Tech and Abilene Christian. And that is, 
most of the time, I believe media people and sports information directors are basing their rankings on number one, the brand of the program, usually the recent brand over the last five years, and then what they saw last year. And in the whole scheme of things, these rankings oftentimes are garbage. And I would tell you this even if they picked Missouri to win. So this is not based on, oh, well, you're picking against my alma mater, so now I've got a crap on the poll. The polls, especially in college sports, are, are so inaccurate because you're talking about a whole class that leaves and a whole class that comes in and inevitably injuries. And so just like any other sports, you have a wide delta. But in college, I think you have a wider delta because you're talking about a whole new group of people, many of whom most people haven't seen unless you're like following high school recruiting. Yeah, or transfers. transfers and then and- the transfers in 2022 are right. at an all-time high. So right. it's a different element. Uh, but I, I'll say this. I'll say it over and over again. Because I'm not as high on them as I know a lot of Missouri football fans are, even if it is a, a five-win season, unless you're talking about losing to like Abilene Christian and Louisiana Tech and New Mexico State and getting just blown off the field like the 1980s days or the early 90s days, I'd like to see Eli Drinkwitz get a fourth year yeah. in Columbia. You know, but with that said, I think that this these polls that are coming out and these over unders for Missouri football that are coming out are opening the eyes of some of the Missouri fans who thought that this thing might be on the verge of greatness. Right. And it shows, yeah, maybe Missouri is improving recruiting wise, but it's not like they're the only ones having recruiting success in college football and Absolutely. specifically in the yes. SEC. So in other words, everybody else gets better, too. And maybe a couple take steps back. But in the SEC, it's very tough to take steps ahead of those programs. All right, time for us to wrap it up. Uh, PK and Ferrari are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.